This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It is 6.05 in the evening, and as promised, welcome to the first episode of our brand new show, the monthly Movers and Shakers Town Hall. The idea here is we're going to be bringing you direct access to the folks who are making our country what it is today. And our phone lines are open. This is really your show. Call us at double seven double three two nine hundred. Text or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Our first guest, of course, is Federal Territories Minister Khalid Samad. YB, welcome to the show. All right, thank you. So uh, we've been talking about Outriders. Uh, um, and we got this question here from Iz, uh, who was quite specific. Did YB use Outriders to make it to the studio? We have to open with that. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, well, uh, Iz, uh, I'm sorry to disappoint everyone. <laughs> but uh, yes, I did use Outriders uh, to come here. It's uh, something which the DBKL, they arranged for the Federal Territory Minister and the uh, Mayor. Uh, but uh, I couldn't, could not have make it, or could not have made it on time uh, if I did not use the outri- outriders for KL. You know, when I was uh, originally uh, appointed the uh, Minister of Federal Territories, I was feeling very uh, reluctant yeah, about using outriders, and uh, for the first uh, one or two weeks, I avoided using the outrider. Uh, but uh, in the end, uh, I found that I could not do as much because, uh, you know, as everyone knows, lah, we'll be caught in the jam. Uh, today, uh, because I was using the Outriders, I managed to handle all five uh, appointments uh, in time, uh, although they were, you know, mainly in uh, Kuala Lumpur. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a choice that I have to make. Uh, just very yeah. quickly, though, I yeah. mean, there, there mm. have been some conversations about an issue of courtesy when it comes to outriders with mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. some road users describing a lack of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. what, what comments would you have on that? Well, we've uh, had a word with uh, our group of outriders from uh, DBKL. I think there are a group of about eight and uh, we've told them that uh, they have to, you know, be very, uh, try to be as, as courteous as possible. And I've noticed that uh, whenever people give way, they they give uh, the drivers a thumbs up sign and right. that sort of thing, lah. So it's a bit, uh, you know, it's, I, you know, it's a bit, uh, how do you say, uh, of an improvement. Uh, it's not too, uh, uh, how do you say, like, you know, like uh, not too rough, not too rough, <laughs> lah. I suppose. What what can you do? I mean, that's the best that you can do, I suppose. You know, uh, they they put on the siren. Uh, they tell people to go to the side. Uh, no clenched face. No uh, foot up. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that happening uh, in the past. You know, yes, I the, think a lot of people have, <laughs> unfortunately. Now, yeah, I've seen that. Uh, in my experience, uh, they don't use that, and I only get my outrider uh, uh, for KL uh, because the moment I leave KL, then it's out of their. Uh, jurisdiction. So, right out the gate, we have a caller. Uh, yeah. We've got Baisha on the line. Uh, Baisha, good evening. What are your thoughts? Uh, good evening. Hello. Uh, Hello. And, hi. Uh, and you had a Hello. question yes. for YB? Baisha? Yes. Assalamualaikum, YB. Assalamualaikum. Yeah, uh, memang bahasa Malaysia dah, YB, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, I'm from Bukit Jirutong. Okay. 
Syah Alam. Uh, your, your area, Bos. Yes. <laughs> YB, uh, terima kasih atas ketegasan YB. Oh. Saya berniaga di Sentul. Mm-hmm. Saya dah beberapa kali telefon Biro Aduan Awam dan uh, hotline di BKN. Mm-hmm. About the dogs entering the market where Malay customers are very shy to come in and running away. Yeah, okay. And and then no action taken until today. Oh, okay. I was really upset on the Bandaraya when I called the Bandaraya hotline. Mm-hmm. Uh, must wait for ISO. It seems seven days only they can bertindak. Okay, all right. Then I ring up to Aduan, Biro Aduan Awam Putrajaya. Mm-hmm. Still no action taken. Mm-hmm. Lot of illegal hawkers are doing business. Kitty, the person who have license and paying income tax for no business on the weekend. Okay, all right. Thank you, Ashay. Uh, yeah. yeah, these are a lot of uh, problems that we're having and uh, obviously I can't... Uh, change everything overnight yeah so a lot of uh, uh, traders who have licenses they rent out their licenses and this is one problem there are those who don't have licenses and they are trading as well uh, that's another problem uh, the question of the dogs and uh, so on that's another <laughs> issue so quite a lot of issues uh, but most of it uh, i leave it to uh, dbkl to handle themselves because I can't. I can't micromanage everything. Right? Sure, but yeah. um, I think another element that was brought up there was uh, a speed of response. Is there yes, an idea uh, around yes, yes. you know what to expect? Yes, uh, they should uh, respond within twenty uh, four hours. And to, to be, this is this is the the KPI that we've set for them. Unless, of course, they've got certain uh, you know constraints or whatever. But in the event that they do have constraints, then they should get back to the uh, complainant and inform them uh, we'll be coming back uh, to you uh, tomorrow we can't do it today you know or, or something like that lah. so we are uh, these are issues that also we are retraining uh, many of the DBKL uh, uh, staff uh, because uh, we've got to uh, uh, how do you say make everybody realize yeah, that actually we are there because of the rakyat I mean not just the minister even the uh, the staff in all the govern, government officers and all that so Uh, the government must have a more, uh, how do you say, friendly uh, face to the public because they're being paid by the public and they should serve uh, the public, right? So this is something which I think is uh, uh, taking time for it to be fully uh, understood. Yeah. We're speaking today with Federal Territories Minister Khalid Samad. Uh, call us with your questions, double seven double three two nine hundred. Text or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, and tweet us at PFM Radio. So, YB, earlier when you said you were retraining DBKL officers, I just wonder with that, what are the what what do they need to be retrained on? What are their struggles? Well, basically, it's a question of uh, attitude, right? So, I mean, in in the past. Uh, uh, they follow the ministers. The ministers look upon their positions as, uh, uh, you know, how do you say, uh, 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 something that they can take advantage of, uh, that they can use to make themselves uh, uh, rich, to be powerful, you know, uh, not too bothered about uh, what the, the public is saying. And uh, this uh, filters down. I mean, you follow what your leader Uh, shows and uh, how he acts, right? So this is something that uh, I think uh, one of the most important aspect uh, that uh, Pakatan Harapan has to change, which is the general attitude, question of accountability. Lah. I mean, if you talk about it in terms of the uh, terminology, it's a question of uh, transparency, it's a question of accountability, it's a question of an understanding that you're there because the riot put the, put you there, they are paying your salaries, You you're supposed to be serving them and not lording over them. 
right? So that's the that's the concept, right? So that's what we have to uh, talk to uh, the DBKL, uh, the mayor, the. But unfortunately, I've got a new mayor who's uh, who is very responsive and uh, he helps. Uh, he plays a, a very big role in uh, trying to bring about changes as well. So, um, just briefly before we move on from Ash's question. Um, what he's come back to say is that currently they're not working according to that KPI of 24-7. <laughs> so if, I mean, I, and I understand, yeah. right? If mm. you're somebody who has made a complaint and you're hoping mm. to see it resolved, yes, yes. how do you escalate that if yeah. you're seeing that your initial complaint is not yeah. going anywhere? Well, uh, obviously the social media is very effective, right? So you make the complaint to the correct uh, uh, channel. Right. If it's not responding... Then you go onto the social media and you tell people, you know, this is not happening. And uh, somebody will bring it to the attention of uh, uh, the, the, the management or the mayor or the federal territories minister. Lah. I mean, that's, that's uh, inevitable. Lah. If people are complaining about what's happening in DBKL, uh, even though I'm not uh, managing DBKL as such, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to have their mayor and their... Uh, you know, executives and so on and so forth. But uh, in the final analysis, it will come to my attention and I have to handle it. But there are th- there are th- times and uh, certain issues that obviously cannot be handled within a day. Yeah. Right? So these are these are things that, uh, as I said, lah, but what's important is that the response to the complainant uh, must be uh, immediate and informing him when he can expect action to be taken. Right. So in the case, uh, in this case, I, I don't know whether I got it right just now. Uh, Bashir did mention, I think, that uh, he was informed that it'll take about a week before yes. action yep. can be taken. So, I mean, that's that's okay, lah. I mean, I don't know whether that 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 response was uh, informed to him within twenty four hours, but the action has to take seven days for some reason or other, which I'm not immediately aware of. Call us with your questions for Federal Territories Minister Khalid Samad at double seven double three two nine hundred. WhatsApp us at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We've got Zaman on the line. Uh, good evening, Zaman. You have a question? Yeah. Good evening. Uh, hi, YB. Hi, Zaman. Uh, uh, I'm Zaman from Jalan Kuching. Jalan Kuching. Okay. Yeah, uh, I baru-baru ni ada tengok YB punya pelancaran akpa wilayahku tu. Ah, yeah. Alright, jadi I was thinking that uh, if it is a printed media compared to a social media, uh, we see that social media has been a great testimony over the uh, winning of Pakatan Harapan and over how even Datuk Sri Najib Razak from a very bad image <laughs> to a very good image. Okay. <laughs> I hope you don't mind me. Yeah, it's okay. So, actually, changes can't happen overnight. Yeah. Creating a very good environment through yeah. a very good media platform. Mm-hmm. It's, it's proven uh, testimony is through social media. Yeah. So I was thinking that if, let's say, the federal territories is uh, planning to do a social media plan to make the uh, Kuala Lumpur people uh, have a very motivated and positive environment. Yeah. Yes. Uh uh, the uh, Wilayahku newspaper it has a hard copy and it also has a digital uh, version which comes on uh, onto the social media platform uh, after a day or two of uh, its uh, distribution. 
the uh, hard copy is still, uh, you know, uh, for many in the younger generation, they say it's not that important. But in actual fact, uh, there is demand for it, and uh, especially in uh, amongst the older generation who still prefer to hold something uh, when they're reading, yeah. and they can always put it aside and carry on later, and so on and so forth. So it still it still has its uh, niche, lah. Yeah. So uh, that's why we're doing it. But at the same time, uh, I am uh, actually. Uh, how do you say, trying to upgrade our uh, communications uh, capability for the Federal Territory uh, Ministry. And uh, we've been discussing this. Uh, every uh, department actually, or, or not to say department, uh, the, the ministry has its own uh, communications bureau. DBKL has got its own uh, communications uh, uh, department. Uh, also Putrajaya, uh, also Labuan. And uh, what I'm trying to do is that to get them to work Uh, uh, better together and to play a more active role in the social media. So I think this is something which uh, we have to upgrade, and uh, uh, I'm hoping that you know within uh, two three months you'll see some uh, more active uh, uh, news in the social media um, or active use of the social media by our ministry and our agencies. Right. We're speaking today with Federal Territories Minister Khalid Samad. Uh, this is our Movers and Shakers Town Hall. So really, it's your show. We want to hear from you with your questions. Call us at double seven double three two nine hundred. WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Thank you to all the people who have been sending in questions. We will get to that right after this. Keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. Because freedom matters. BFM 89.9. It's the evening edition with Lynn and Kelvin. You might have just heard a little chuckle there, and that was uh, our Federal Territories Minister, Khalid Samad, taking your questions today in this, our very first episode of the Movers and Shakers Town Hall. It's really an avenue for you to ask your questions. So if you have a burning question, call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. text or WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, and let's see, who do we have on the line? Um, let's speak to Lau first. Uh, good evening. Lau, what are your thoughts? Hi, so I am from Kuala Lumpur and I noticed that we have a lot of MRT going on but last mile connectivity is always a problem because mm-hmm. you only have Grab and trains sorry, and the bus are not that good. So what are your thoughts on improving last mile connectivity? Oh no, Lau, I think yeah. I think we're losing that line but um, why did you get that question? Yeah, I think, uh, yes, uh, I agree with uh, what's been uh, Uh, stated by uh, Lao, uh, the question of uh, actually the first mile and also the last mile. Yes. Right? So this has been an issue that's uh, uh, been uh, uh, troubling uh, uh, KL, and uh, we are looking into that and we're trying to improve that. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, we need to have uh, how do you say a more uh, wholesome uh, approach, and uh, buses uh, can play uh, the role, but uh, obviously uh, Grab still has uh, a role to play, right? So what's important now is that we are expanding the uh, the, the role of uh, the uh, buses, uh, which is uh, being uh, provided by DBKL. I think uh, you must have heard the GoKL buses. Uh, we have got two new routes uh, being uh, introduced uh, shortly. Uh, one uh, starting by end of uh, February will be uh, the first one and uh, the other one will be early March. And we will uh, keep on increasing Uh, a few more uh, uh, routes uh, where 
people coming in from uh, the uh, from the homes uh, to the uh, use of MRT and LRT or commuter, they can then go to their destination through uh, using the buses. But uh, obviously, uh, uh, Grab will still be there and still be required. We can't cover every possible area. And we have another question here about mobility <coughs> and it comes from Fitri in Putrajaya. Mm. Uh, what is your plans to improve people's mobility in FT, especially in Putrajaya? Buses there uh, are a laughing stock for a modern <laughs> vibrant city like Putrajaya. What, uh, what are your thoughts yeah. on it? Okay, so the the bus service currently is uh, being handled by Nadi Putra and uh, we are aware of the, uh, the problems. Uh, however, our main uh, constraint is the fact that uh, they have a lot of buses, but most of them are old buses and they've ordered the new uh, electric uh, powered buses, which uh, they promised us will be coming in by the uh, middle of this year. Uh, then when they've got all these new buses, uh, hopefully we can uh, improve. At the same time, we have to bear in mind that uh, we're keeping the bus rates very low. Uh, is only 50 cents and uh, that's not really uh, the cost so it's being subsidized uh, but uh, unfortunately we are uh, inheriting uh, the system as is and uh, we have to make uh, the best uh, you know uh, best that we can uh, with it while waiting for the new buses to come in and i think we've also got another call here uh, good evening rosli what are your thoughts assalamualaikum uh, the, so I like to ask about the the problem in KL, which obviously is the traffic to yeah. KL. Yes. Uh, is there any plan to curb the traffic to come into KL in the morning uh-huh. or, or, or any time at all? Because I think everybody still drives to work. Yes. No matter how yes, many yes. MRT line you are building, no matter how many yeah. Yeah. line you are building, they're yeah. still going to drive to work. So yeah. I I think I, I'm asking if uh, your your ministry is. Yes, we are. We are, we are. Number of and also the parking. I don't think the number of the of the parking is very cheap. Mm. And then you should bring it and then just limit the number. Okay. All right. Uh, I think I understood your question. I, uh, let me just see so, if I got that right. Yeah. Um, I think there was an issue of reducing traffic coming into yes. Kuala Lumpur uh, because people are continuing to drive. It's an yes. all-hours problem, which is accurate <laughs> if you've ever been on the federal. Um, and then I think there's also an issue of parking. Yes. And especially with uh, parking rates as well and how they're expensive and all that. Uh, uh, did he say it was expensive or he said it was too cheap? Was it too cheap? I really don't <laughs> think he said it was too cheap. <laughs> That's a bit much. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we are planning uh, to uh, have uh, you know a situation where we can uh, discourage people from uh, using uh, their cars to come into town. Uh, but uh, before we can enforce that, uh, we have to make sure that uh, the alternative is there, right? So I mean, I can't. Uh, uh, start uh, f- uh, asking for uh, people if they want to bring their cars in then they have to pay like in Singapore you have to pay a certain fee or, or whatever mm-hmm. uh, until I've got the the, the, the alternative uh, modes of uh, transportation uh, all in place and so this is uh, uh, being uh, discussed and being studied and uh, we will uh, move towards a situation where 
uh, we will discourage people from coming in and if they want to come in then they will have to pay but at the same time we will ensure that there will be a lot of park and ride locations where they can leave their cars and then come in through the use of uh, public transport and we got to make sure that the public transport's uh, functioning <laughs> according to schedule and going to where places where they're supposed to go right so that's one as far as the parking is is concerned uh, if you were saying that uh, the traffic is being uh, you know is is heavy because uh, the parking is cheap so people come into town and they park because it's is cheap uh, then uh, that's uh, you know that's uh, that's that's one opinion uh, but again uh, i can't uh, get uh, punish people unless i start uh, making sure that they've got an alternative uh, if you're saying that the parking is too expensive uh, then uh, this is something which uh, hopefully uh, will also help to discourage people from uh, bringing in their cars right so um, uh, this this is the the situation yeah. just to follow up on that yeah. first point you were saying um, in this sort of ideal version of KL where people don't necessarily <laughs> come in but if they do the public transport is working perfectly um, when do you think we'll get that? <laughs> well I, uh, I mean uh, I've, we haven't we're starting to uh, make the plan okay right. uh, so I think it'll be a gradual uh, plan where we will start by Uh, probably identifying one of the areas where you've got heavy traffic, then we'll have to have a location where we can have a park and ride and uh, then uh, ensure that there are buses that will bring uh, the people uh, into town by using the buses. Right, So that's that's uh, something which uh, we hope to be able to start implementing phase by phase. Uh, hopefully by the middle of this uh, by the middle of this year. I've already asked uh, DBKL Uh, the mayor to make a study which are the main roads coming into KL which are the ones which are uh, you know very uh, high traffic volume and you've got land uh, close by which you can uh, turn into park and ride locations and we get more buses to do the ferrying of the people into KL Very quickly we've got AJ back on the line um, AJ, fingers crossed um, what is your question? I don't know Hello. Hello. Uh, yes, yeah. I'm from Okay. Uh, recently, there is a new uh, in Danakota. Sorry, I didn't get a, a new hospital in Danakota? No, no, no. A new CAFO. 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 Yeah. Oh, Aeonbik. Aeonbik, uh, okay. Okay, uh, to my surprise, uh, they have started to operate on uh, December 28 last year, uh-huh. uh, but there was no proper drainage system. They are just doing it now. How can a license be given mm. to a building mm-hmm. where you have narrow roads, mm-hmm. you have a very bad drainage system, which mm-hmm. they are still doing it until now. They haven't completed, but the, the business is already operating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how can this be uh, yeah. approved? Dato? I, mean, I mean, this is... You know, some sort of, you know, people are saying that corruption is going on. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll, How can a license be approved? Yeah. Okay. okay. Thanks, for, uh, okay. AJ. I'm so sorry yeah. to cut you off. Unfortunately, we have to head to the news. Um, yeah. And YB will answer the question right after that, after I hope. After the news. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, right. we're headed to the news. Keep calling us. Double seven double three two nine hundred is that number. Bigotry Free Malaysia. BFM 89.9.
It's 6.36 and you are listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Kelvin. Our guest today for our very first episode of the Movers and Shakers Town Hall is Federal Territories Minister Khalid Samad. And really, we want to hear from you. Ask your questions. Call us at 7733-2900, WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, before the news, uh, we heard from uh, AJ, I believe, a question about how a uh, hypermarket acquired a license to operate <laughs> okay. when they haven't sorted out their drainage and things yeah, like that. Yeah. What is the answer there? Well, uh, it's a very specific case, so I've got to check. Uh, it shouldn't happen. Uh, you can't get a, a certificate of fitness or a CCC until everything is uh, sorted out, uh, including the uh, drainage, sewerage, uh, and, and everything, right? So what uh, AJ was uh, mentioning is a bit of a surprise. I'll have to check and get back. You know, it shouldn't happen. Uh, we've also got Din on the line who has been holding for quite some time. Din, thank you so much for staying on the line. Um, you have a question? No. Okay, so uh, Din, we can't quite hear you, but I hope you'll call us back because I think we might be experiencing a bit of a glitch with our phone lines, but we will get back to you. Uh, just stay on, uh, stay on the line with us. And I think we have some other questions that are coming in from WhatsApp and Twitter as well. Yes, we do. Um, so this came in quite a while back from Timothy saying, what is the status of the River of Life project? Has it completed yet? Are there any plans to have cafes or restaurants or shops there? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, Timothy, thanks for the question. Uh, River of Life uh, project is still ongoing. It's supposed to be completed by 2020. Uh, currently, it's about 80% uh, completion. Uh, the uh, project is uh, three-phase. One is uh, cleaning. Uh, the second is uh, beautification. And third is uh, development. So uh, the cleaning and the beautification is... Uh, obviously, the cleaning is the one that's going on First, the beautification follows the areas that have been cleaned uh, will be beautified. And later on, uh, the uh, area or the land around the riverbanks will then be developed. So that's how uh, we get back the uh, investment that we make uh, because the land value along the rivers will uh, increase once the river uh, uh, has been cleaned and beautified. Um, and I think we have got Fabian on the line. Uh, let's try this again. Fingers crossed. Uh, Fabian, you have a question? Uh, yes, uh, good evening. Uh, uh, Jan Bohamad, I have a question for you. Yes, you mentioned Fabian. just now, you mm. mentioned just now mm. that uh, having high parking rates in the city can somewhat be something like a deterrent to uh, people to, to drive into the city. Now, uh, my question to you is that... Uh, if we really want to encourage more people to use public transport, yeah. so why do why why do we have parking in uh, uh, LRT stations, mm-hmm. uh, chargeable parking LRT stations, 40, 50 kilometers away from the city? This does not encourage uh, people to to sort of uh, uh, utilize public transport. Now, yeah. YB, uh, YB Anthony Locke, he mentioned that, I mean, he has a proof that uh, it's a $100, 100 ringgit kind of a ticket, yeah. um, uh, unlimited travel, that is fantastic. Mm. So, if, if we really feel that, if we really feel that we want to, to, to maintain, okay, you cannot some sort like uh, 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 determine 
uh, with a private park, park parkers, how much to charge parking. Or, that, that's fine. So, boy, uh, LRT stations come under the jurisdiction of the of the transport ministry and also in some stations under the uh, Bandaraya. So why do we have to charge parking in these areas if we want to encourage people to take public transport into the city? Yeah. So that's my question. Why okay, they, thank you for your yeah. question. Very. Uh, Fabian, thank you for your question. Very relevant. Uh, the problem is uh, the whole thing was uh, being uh, planned uh, without taking everything into consideration, right? So when they privatized the uh, building of the MRTs, the LRTs, and uh, so on and so forth, uh, all the parking spaces were also privatized, and uh, you have uh, in parcel of the privatization. Uh, agreement in some cases, right? So this is the situation where you've got all the facilities built up and uh, the parking has been privatized and it's a source of income. Uh, it's not owned by the government. Uh, but uh, this is something which we have to look into. And uh, obviously, uh, if we are able to come up with our own uh, areas where people can park uh, close by, uh, and so on and so forth, or we can negotiate with the LRT and MRT uh, uh, station owners and operators, then uh, maybe uh, we can uh, also, uh, how do you say, synchronize all these activities so that it leads to the uh, desired effect, which is to have more people uh, leaving their cars out of the city. Is the privatization of those spaces an option? Uh, it was, I think it was handled, uh, you know, long before. So it was part and parcel of the uh, project. And uh, we have to uh, then rediscuss and renegotiate la, with the current uh, operators to see how it can be handled such that uh, the parking rates can be uh, reduced and probably you'll have to have some form of uh, uh, subsidy or contra la, yeah, for them so that they can have uh, other uh, ways of making their income. Right. We've got uh, Din back on the line, hopefully. Din, good evening. What are your thoughts? Uh, yes, good evening. Good evening. Uh, good evening. That's evening all. Congratulations yeah. for having the courage to be on the radio. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know it took courage. No. <laughs> yeah, not many people. Not many people will be daring enough. Congratulations to thank you. you. Thank you, Din. Thank you. Yeah, I have one question. When when uh, when are we going to have a Michelin star hawker stall in Kuala Lumpur? <laughs> Why I'm asking this question is because if you look at uh, under the previous government, uh-huh. um, a lot of hawker stall facilities in Kuala Lumpur are in a really, really bad shape. Yeah. It was never upgraded in yes, a yes, deplorable yes. condition, rats yeah. and yes. all that. Yes. And hawker stall is important because the poor people go there and uh, the, well, the, the small and medium enterprise people do business there. Okay. Then Din, sorry, sorry, your phone, your phone line is breaking up. I'm so yeah. sorry, but I think we caught the gist of yeah. that question, which was I think, about. I think he must be traveling. He yes. must be moving. Yeah? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I think this is all uh, within. Okay. Uh, we have uh, launched a new, uh, how do you say, uh, motto for uh, wilayah, which we call uh, wilayah peduli. Uh, harapan dipenuhi and uh, one of the the first trust uh, for this uh, concept is uh, cleanliness right 
So we are going to go uh, in a big way on uh, question of uh, trying to uh, enforce and implement uh, cleanliness. Uh, and this includes the question of upgrading uh, food courts and hawker stalls and uh, so on and so forth. So uh, obviously, as I'm sure you, are, you understand, it can't be done uh, overnight. Uh, it's going to take a lot of uh, spending and it's going to take uh, a bit of time, right? So we are currently uh, already there. There have been some uh, programs where they're transferring uh, current uh, hawkers to uh, proper food courts uh, all around the town, all around KL. Uh, but in the city centre itself, uh, this also has to be uh, scheduled. So. I think in a similar vein, we're also getting questions about <coughs> tourism. So uh, yes. Imran is saying, um, you know, what, how and what should we do to put us on the tourism map? Uh, Norhan similar, similarly wants to know what the plans are because in her words, the kale luster is dying. Yes. Uh, okay. This is uh, also <laughs> another issue uh, which uh, I've noticed that the uh, KL... Uh, DBKL Tourism uh, Department right, has not been very active right. uh, and uh, this has to be uh, handled by uh, uh, the ministry. Uh, there was some uh, 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 misunderstanding or some, uh, uh, what do you call, a, a blurred lines as to whose responsibility it is, whether it should be handled by uh, my ministry or whether it's supposed to be handled by the Minister, Ministry of uh, Tourism, mm-hmm. Arts and Culture, right? Uh, but uh, I've uh, decided and I've discussed with uh, uh, the mayor uh, that, okay, we've got to take this uh, question of tourism on our own. Uh, we do what we need to do. Uh, if we need additional funds, uh, then we get uh, a contribution from uh, MOTEC, the Ministry for Tourism, Arts and Culture. And uh, we are setting up the uh, tourism uh, department for uh, Kuala Lumpur, DBKL again. And uh, we want to, uh, uh, how do you say, reactivate it uh, f- at a full swing. Uh, we are working closely with uh, a few NGOs uh, and uh, agencies uh, which want to turn Kuala Lumpur into a tourist centre with emphasis on arts and culture. And uh, there's a lot of talk of uh, putting up uh, open uh, public theatres for the rakyat and so on and so forth, so that when the, when the tourists come, then they will have uh, you know uh, entertainment uh, throughout the year, uh, where there'll be uh, dance troops and so on and so forth performing. And, and these are all ideas which are being uh, mentioned to uh, try to uh, how do you say make it make KL more vibrant and more active. Uh, but at the same time, uh, cleanliness is also something that we've got to make sure that we, uh, uh, how do you say, we uh, include, in, include the in the plan and we upgrade, yeah, uh, so that the tourists can will be happy to come. Eh? Uh, this are, this is, uh, I mean, it's not completely uh, no improvement. Uh, but uh, there's still a lot of areas uh, for improvement. Yeah. We're speaking today with Federal Territories Minister Khalid Samad, uh, but we want to hear from you. What are your questions? Call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. Building First World Mindsets, BFM 89.9. 
You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Kelvin. Today, it's our Movers and Shakers Town Hall. Uh, we want to hear from you. Basically, it's your questions that are driving the show. You can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. Text or WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at PFM Radio. And why would you do that? You might do that because you have a question for Federal Territories Minister Khalid Samad. Uh, as we did from, um, I believe, on Twitter earlier. Let me find it. Uh, we had a question that came through uh, from Amril saying, um, YB, I'm from the peninsula and I don't feel that Labuan is part of the Wilaya Pasukutuan. Is there any plan to kind of bring Labuan closer to KL and Putrajaya? Which I think is an interesting point because it's been a very KL-focused show, yeah. understandably. But of course, Labuan is an important part of the conversation. Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, I think uh, you're not alone uh, when, it, uh, when, when you talk about Labuan. Uh, Labuan itself also, uh, many of the people there don't, don't feel that they are part of uh, Wilayah Persekutuan still. And I think this is uh, something which is uh, 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 a very important issue that has to be handled. And uh, we're having a, a lot of programs now in Labuan. And uh, uh, I think uh, they, they feel that they've been left out all this while. Yeah? So they've, uh, they've, uh, uh, they're not, not in Sabah. They're not really in, uh, you know, not really in uh, Wilayah. So they don't know whom, uh, whom to turn to. And there's been a lot of promises they have not been uh, delivered all this many many years uh, and uh, i've got to uh, give them the assurance that we want labuan to be uh, turned into the pearl of borneo as it was once uh, referred to and uh, we want to uh, have uh, various programs with the ministry uh, actively involved in uh, trying to develop uh, the uh, industry and the economy and uh, you know uh, provide the kind of economic growth and so on and so forth. I, uh, Labuan has a lot of potential. And I think the moment uh, the ministry uh, shows uh, that it's uh, con- it's looked upon with uh, uh, a great importance, uh, then they will feel uh, more like uh, part of Wilayah Prasketuan. And uh, for us, uh, we have to make sure that uh, whatever programs that's been held and 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 so on and so forth and whatever projects that we do, uh, what uh, tourism centres that we develop in Labuan, we inform the people of uh, Wilayah Persekutuan, which is in uh, the peninsula part of it, so that uh, people keep abreast with uh, all the developments and they know that uh, you know this is part and parcel of the uh, Wilayah uh, territory. Yeah, uh, it's not easy, but uh, I mean this is Malaysia lah. Yeah, if we can succeed in uh, federal territories, uh, Kuala Lumpur, Putrajaya, and Labuan. Uh, then I think uh, the uh, unification of uh, Malaysia between Peninsula, Sabah and Sarawak can also uh, be achieved. Yeah? So we are a small, uh, how do you say, a model of Malaysia in that context. Right. We've got Taufik on the line now. Good evening, Taufik. You have a question? Hello. So, uh, thank you for taking my call at BFM. I'm, I'm basically a young uh, urban design firm. So uh, we're going to ask the question regarding um, business startup, uh, vibrancy, and livability in the city. So, since we're sort of looking into Kuala Lumpur as being the transformation industry for Penal, and we're trying to choose sustainable social economic growth, I just wondered what do you think in terms of um, the era of aggressive business application? For example, when Boston pitched for Amazon to open an MNC uh, campus there, um, whereas at Kuala Lumpur, like, are we going to sort of um, also be more um, business aggressive in teaching for, for example, Grab or Google to open a business campus right in town. And then second is the talent and the place. I mean, how 
how are we going to sort of uh, be technologically adaptable, making KL as a hub for young startups and businesses, since we are a city of you know young industry. I mean, young um, demography. Yeah, and I, and I think that can we also have like a platform in this city akin to like a Stanford startup lab uh, to be right in the middle of the city centre because things are at the moment a bit fragmented. Thank you. Thanks, Taufik. All right. So that question from Taufik, if I could uh, just sum it up. Um, yeah, it's please. about uh, looking into Transformation 4.0. You know, how can yeah. we make Kale a competitive city for human capital, like the likes of Stanford Startup Labs, we have oh, Amazon. Okay. And then um, also, of course, looking at how then do we create and generate the talent for it in Kale mm. to meet the needs of, I guess, also Industrial Revolution 4.0. Yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously, that's not something that can be handled by my ministry alone. Uh, it's a multi-ministerial uh, kind of uh, uh, planning uh, where we've got the MITI uh, also to get involved for the investment. We've got uh, MESTEC also to be involved with respect to science and technology and uh, the development of uh, the uh, uh, new technologies under the Industrial Revolution 4.0. Uh, there's a lot have been uh, talked about, uh, uh, but uh, as far as uh, our our uh, our stand is uh, concerned, obviously we are uh, very uh, pro uh, uh, development and uh, uh, advancement in science and technology. Uh, we want uh, Kuala Lumpur uh, to be a smart city, uh, making use of uh, and uh, having uh, room for the use of all the. Uh, latest uh, uh, technology in terms of uh, traffic management and uh, monitoring safety and uh, environment and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but uh, that's not something that I can, uh, you know, on the part of uh, Kuala Lumpur for, for my ministry, uh, have all the answers. Mm. Uh, what's important is that we are open to all possible suggestions and uh, all possible uh, ideas with respect to how to uh, give room for the younger generation to uh, come up and uh, develop uh, the new uh, technology in their fields. Um, KL Invest, Invest KL is also another entity which is uh, under, uh, well, it's currently under MITI, but we are trying to get it to be under my ministry so that we can uh, use that as the platform to uh, bring in uh, new investments and new ideas. Uh, and uh, I think if uh, anybody wants to start up a new uh, kind of uh, technological uh, uh, industry within uh, Kuala Lumpur, uh, we will obviously be very open to it. So, YB, we have five minutes left with you. It's going to be a bit of a lightning round because there are a lot of questions that we have not managed to get to. Uh, one very interesting one from Deep. Um, of mm. course, we had this. We had a conversation when this was announced late last year about clubs and bars in Kuala Lumpur <laughs> closing at 1am. It was a bit of a fiery conversation, I have to tell you. Um, and Deep says he feels that it could have been better handled, perhaps more consultancy. Um, you know, could you comment on that idea of, you know, sort of consulting with stakeholders when it comes to making policy and announcements um, and perhaps you want to comment on how that whole situation played out as well. A okay. Little bit. Uh, actually, I think uh, the media didn't... Well, I, I don't want to blame the media, but uh, basically it was a suggestion that was brought by the mayor. Uh, he felt that uh, it's better that uh, all the nightclubs and uh, entertainment outlets close by 1am. It was not a decision. 
uh, but it was a suggestion and I explained the reason for the decision based on uh, our own uh, experiences and the police and so on and so forth. Uh, but uh, in the end, it was a matter that was decided in the uh, uh, Majlis Menteri Wilayah. And the Majlis Menteri Wilayah uh, is a platform where all the 11 MPs in Kuala Lumpur Uh, uh, are, are involved and from there we do get the feedbacks and we do uh, undertake the consultation and in the final analysis what uh, what uh, uh, was the uh, result or the decision is that uh, there are about 672 entertainment outlets in uh, KL uh, most of them uh, close at uh, one o'clock anyway Uh, there are only about uh, 20 or 30 over that close at 5 a.m. And these are all in uh, the city centre. Uh, there are about uh, 200 that close at 3 a.m. And these are also mainly in the city centre. Uh, so what uh, was agreed is that uh, they follow what's uh, what's specified in their licences, right? So uh, in the final analysis, uh, what, the, what uh, we all agreed on is that Uh, we have the licenses and all these licenses uh, specify, stipulates what time they're supposed to close. So we just enforce that. There's okay. also a lot of questions coming in about road quality in Kuala Lumpur, Ooh. potholes and the like. Yeah. Any comments on that? Well, it's not, uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe there's uh, something, uh, you know, without the quality of our Uh, workmanship or quality of our uh, building materials, I'm not too sure, but uh, as I think everyone will agree, uh, it's not something that is uh, unique just to KL. <laughs> We've got that problem all over and I don't know why uh, exactly as yet, uh, but uh, we will have to find uh, a solution to the problem. Uh, maybe it's because of the weather, the rain and sun and so on and so forth, which causes the uh, repair works uh, needing a higher a spec in order to be uh, more permanent uh, and that's something that we have to look into um, and again it's not completely under my ministry it has to be handled by the uh, works uh, department and the works ministry uh, to ensure that uh, you have a, a long lasting uh, uh, solution uh, whenever you have potholes that's being repaired and so on and so forth so it's not that it's not being repaired it's being repaired but it cracks up Uh, almost after, well, not quite immediately, lah, but after a short time. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, that is the question of the specifications and the quality of the workmanship uh, that has to be further enforced. So the next one's not so much a question as it is just uh, something to take away. Almost, I would say, 60% of our questions have been about traffic. I know you've answered this already, but just to say that it is a major concern of mm. people living in KL. Um, and I think we have run out of time. Just very quickly before I let you go. Um, so the learning curve in the government is one that a lot of people have been talking about, a lot of ministers. Do you think it's getting better? Um, I think it's getting better. Uh, we have to acknowledge that we have to handle problems that we inherit. I mean, let's say, for example, the ECRL. Uh, that's a major problem. Yeah? So we have to discuss and we have to decide. And we've got to handle that. But what's most important to me, uh, my, my last statement, is that uh, we've got a clean government. We know that the money that comes into the country and comes into the uh, coffers is not going away anywhere besides going towards the people. right? So that, I think, is a very important Uh, distinction, right, between the previous government and the current government. And it's uh, something to build on. Yeah. YB, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. We've been speaking today with Federal Territories Minister Khalid Samad and now we have to head to the news. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my, bfm 89.9, the business station.